0: back.
1: We're Soccer Props, and
0: it's game time. What up, Lady Ballas? We have a super special guest today. Yes, I'm so pumped. We have Madison Hammond on today, and she's the first Native American player in the NWSL, right?
1: Yeah, isn't that so cool? She blew up the internet when she made her debut. The first person I saw post about her was uh, Gabrielle Union. Oh, really? It was her Women Crush Wednesday.
0: Oh. Could
1: you I- imagine if Gabrielle Union had you as her Women Crush Wednesday? Yeah, I-, I would, I would <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. so we're so excited to talk to her today Um, and just find out more about her and her her soccer journey. So enjoy, guys. Hey, what's up, Madison? Not much. How are you guys? We're good.
2: How are you? Uh, No complaints, literally. Thanks
1: Thanks for coming on.
2: (laughs) Of course. Thank you for having me. This is going to be awesome.
1: (laughs) We know you have a busy schedule.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, now that we're done, I'm like week off Oh, not doing anything that's I'm great that's
1: awesome that's so how, how was your first season well sort of season good.
2: um it was everything it was crazy it was boring at certain points but mostly it's just been all gas no breaks for the whole year so it's um it'll be nice to have some time off but I think it was like one of my teammates we call it almost an orientation it wasn't even a
0: rookie season mm-hmm. so I'm just excited for next year I was going to say it was probably the most irregular first season anyone could have given the the circumstances with everything going on. So I feel like if you can survive this rookie season, <laughs> you could survive anything after that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you think like, do
1: you think it was almost easier in a way that it was like an orientation or do you wish it was a full on season?
2: I think it depends on how you're looking at it. I think from like a soccer standpoint on the field, it would have been nice to have a little more consistency in games and kind of knowing what was going to happen. But off the field, it was nice to really be thrown anything and you kind of just have to adapt because like you said, if literally anything is thrown at me, I will be prepared.
0: Yeah, very true. Training really restricted for you guys?
2: Um, Not really for the fall series. Um, And we went to Montana for our preseason for the challenge cup. So we really had like, just normal pre-seasons so even it was the most restricted it was was right before we went to Montana was only like small group stuff that was very monitored no contact that kind of stuff um, but other than that it was normal
1: good so tell us about your soccer journey like how did it all start, start
2: playing it I'm
1: always
0: curious to find that out
2: so I started playing when I was five I played on a team called the Young Lions in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and then I switched. I started playing three v three with a boys' team, and it was like three v three indoor, super competitive. They were all better than me, but it was so fun because that same group of boys we played basketball in the winter, so it was just like year round. Awesome. Together. And then I started playing outdoor with them as well when I was, I think, seven, and then. Once I, my mom's in the military, so we moved across the country from Albuquerque, New Mexico to uh, Alexandria, Virginia, and that's when I switched over to girl soccer, because girl soccer was way more developed in the DMV area, and there were really good teams, and so that was when I made that transition, played club soccer all growing up in the DMV area, and then switched over, like i had been with a team for so long, and then I switched over to an ECNL team. And then from there I was recruited to play college soccer at Wake Forest and then I went on to Wake Forest, played four years there and then this past year has been honestly the most non-linear. I didn't really know how the draft was going to go for me personally so I went to Spain to try out for a couple of teams and in January and then neither of those ended up working out and so the draft had happened simultaneously here and I didn't get drafted, but my rights had been acquired by it was Seattle Rain at the time, but OL Rain. And so they were like, okay, come into camp. And I said, okay. And so I came back to the US, um, trained for like a month, and then went to camp there. And then COVID hit, and we all went, got sent home.
0: Oh and God, um,
2: I was training on my own a lot, um, really just like passing in a garage like that alone <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was
0: lonely wasn't it
2: <laughs> it was lonely but honestly I had a, two friends that were home with me and we ran away from a couple like park marshals um <laughs> for like
0: sneaking on fields
2: and stuff and they're like there's a pandemic happening isn't that crazy so.
1: <laughs> like someday to tell like your family like yeah I had to sneak onto fields to play soccer
2: Literally, and we would go. There were I remember there was one day we went to four fields because we had been kicked oh off of three, and I mean, we just we made it happen. And then we had like planned. We had, I'd made plans with friends, and then I get a call, and from OL Rain, they're like, "Yep, we're doing this thing called the Challenge Cup. We need you here in Seattle." And I was like, "Oh, when do you need us here by this weekend?" And they're like, "Tomorrow." <laughs> okay, <laughs> cool. Really? So get on a flight, come back into market, and then we went to Montana and then all of that, all of the Montana happened. And for people that weren't on contract like me, um, we were just in kind of this weird limbo. Like we didn't know what was going to happen, if like when we were, how many people were going to get taken to the Challenge Cup. Um, So once we got there and we were training, then I was offered a contract at the end of preseason before going into Utah. And at first it was only a short-term contract for the duration of the tournament. And I was like, Oh, this is amazing. So cool. And we had one more week of training. And at the end of that week, I got a call that said, we're going to scratch the short-term and we just want to offer you like a long-term contract. Wow, and that at that nice. point, my brain, I was exploded bloated brain. And so yeah, I've been here since wow. and it's been great.
1: That's amazing. Okay. So let's go back to, you said that your mom's in the military. Do you feel like being with like in a family of military did that help you develop a soccer was it easier easier to make friends that way when you had to move um
2: so I had to move way less than my sister did um like when my sister is older than me and she had to bop around so much but I was really lucky like I was on the east coast for all of my formative years pretty much Mm -hmm. so all I did all of middle school and all of high school in one space. So I feel like that consistency really did help me Hmm. in terms of just even soccer networking. Like now I'm reaping the benefits of knowing so many different coaches because I stayed in the same place for so long. I don't have those soccer connections with the teams I played with in Albuquerque just because that was so long ago. Um, But I do think that consistency did help. Like I have coaches that have reached out to me and they're like, if you're ever around and you want to train and like that's
1: that's really I'm nice to there. have it's that. Always
2: going to be invaluable.
1: Mm-hmm, definitely. Does your sister? Did she play soccer? No,
2: no. she played volleyball and ran track.
1: Oh, nice! <laughs> Athletic family. Yeah. <laughs> and you played in the ECNL, right? I played for McLean. ECNL. Okay. Awesome. I wish the ECNL was around when we were playing. That's how old we are. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's crazy though because. There's too many things happening now. Like, I I have no idea what's what. ECNL, I don't even know if it's, like, the thing anymore. But when I was playing, ECNL was just starting, and all of the good teams were there. All the college coaches were going there. Like, ODP was becoming obsolete, and I I did ODP growing up and Mm -hmm. all that stuff, and now it's so different, and it's crazy.
0: A big role in you getting recruited? Like, was it because of your club experience was why you got recruited?
2: I think so um, my coach my club coach is kind of a goat in our area so um, just his connections I don't think I would have gotten seen as easily especially by Wake um, if I hadn't been on that in that club environment um, I mean like the club environment I had been in before was really good but we just weren't in we weren't in we were not an ECNL team so mm-hmm. uh, then no. that's where yeah. all the club coaches were going.
1: So was wake your, your first, the first school that you saw was your dream school or did you look elsewhere?
2: No. So I just in the college recruiting process, I told myself like, I don't want to recruit. I don't want to commit early. I want to take my time. Like for me and my family, the academic side was really important as well. And so the first school that reached out to me was George Washington, my freshman year, like I was baby thinking about it now, (laughs) but um Yeah, they reached out to me my freshman year, and it was, you know, those generic, like, camp, like, come see us, come see our campus, all that, but that was the first school that I was, like, oh, maybe I can, like, I should, like, keep doing this thing, Um, and just as it kept going along, you know, I was also from the DMV, so I, like, loved Georgetown. That was Mm -hmm. so close to me, and I mean you had dreams of going to like all the big schools but it it was funny because even when I was looking at schools I didn't want to go to any Virginia schools so like I didn't want to go to UVA I didn't want to go to Virginia Tech just because I didn't want to stay in Virginia I was like oh Mm -hmm. let's leave and I told myself oh I want to go to a really like big urban school and then I ended up in Winston-Salem North Carolina (laughs) at a school of 5,000 undergrad (laughs) but so it's good that
1: you waited right
2: yeah it is because I would not have ended up at Wake and I, when that opportunity presented itself, I really did want to play in the ACC, and um, I went on a visit to Wake Forest, and if you've never been to Wake Forest, it's one of the most beautiful Dude, places ever. Unreal. And so I fell in love with, camp, like, campus immediately, and mm-hmm. I was like, this is it. I'm coming here, and yeah, it was good.
1: I think a lot changes in those four years, especially for females. Like, I was the same way as you. I wanted that big school experience, and then as soon as I got older and like saw the small canvas, I was like, oh, this makes a lot more sense for me. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of our, fa- like our followers are like that. Like you think you might want something, but you have to give it time.
0: Yeah. Or just how, like in hindsight, you always realize how naive you were, you know? Yeah, yeah. I can be like, I was so certain that I thought I wanted all these things. And you just have to, I think that open-mindedness of like being adaptable to changing and open to different things is totally, because I the same way I thought I knew exactly what I wanted. Yeah, ended up exactly where I didn't think I would end up. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely.
2: I think also, too, just even, I mean, I was in high school, I mean, really not that long ago, but just (laughs) even in that quick eight, nine years, the college recruiting process has changed completely Mm -hmm. again. And I feel like when a lot of my peers when we were going through the college recruiting process people were literally committing when we were 14 15 years old you have no idea what you want to do at yeah. that point you have no idea like who you're going to be when you're 20 by by the time you're 22 and leaving and what kind of like environment you want to be in it's just i was i was really really glad that i waited and that my mom like pushed that she was like just chill just wait
0: it'll be fine
1: i love that she pushed you to chill
0: yeah <laughs> And you had a good experience playing at Wake Forest. Like, it was a positive for your – how would you say you grew as a player while you were there?
2: So, it's interesting because I think I – so, my situation, like, I started my first game of my freshman year and started all four years. And so, I feel like there are so many players who, you know, have to – you know, maybe they're not starters and they have to, like, earn that respect and earn that playing time. But – It wasn't something I ever took for granted, but it was something that I was allowed to grow with the game as I, like, with on-hand experience. Like, Mm -hmm. I was able to, like, make mistakes in the game, learn from them, and then make corrections, like, as time went on. And I think that that has really helped me just, you know, on-field problem-solving, especially at this level. But I think even comparing, like, this year and these games, as a professional to college, there's just no comparison. Like the level just, you level up each time. And it's like, when you think you're done leveling up, like, no, you have so many more levels to hit, um, which has been really cool. Cause it's also, you realize how much more you're capable of. And I think that when I was finished with my senior year, I was like, all right, I'm at a pretty good level. I know I probably can get a little bit better, but I didn't realize how much better I can still get, which is exciting. Um, but I think it's like you said, in hindsight, you realize a lot like how naive I was um, mm-hmm. just in college, thinking that, oh, you're pushing yourself and you're doing everything you can be. But there were so many other things that I could have been doing in college and probably would have put me in better positions, but can't really have regrets about it. So,
1: do you have any examples of that, of things that you could have done just for other people to maybe think about when they get to college?
2: I think it's just being very specific in your goal setting in mm-hmm. college because. I think I was a player that, you know, I did the extra work. I whether that was in the gym, whether that was on the field or in video, but just being very honest with yourself about what you want to get better at and like setting goals that you're gonna see actual results because you can say, Oh, I wanna get better at my long balls, but if you're not actually going out and hitting a bag of fifty balls like you're not actually going to get better at long balls, but that might be tough in season when you shouldn't be hitting 50 long balls when you have a two-game week. Mm-hmm. So it's just being able to be realistic with yourself and honest with yourself and saying these are the areas I need to get better at, and how am I going to do it realistically in the time frame that I have? Um, that would be uh, that would be my advice to myself: is just make like don't just work on the things that you're good at. Like, yeah do the things that are not fun as well
1: I love that I think it's so hard for a lot of players to be honest with themselves about like what they're not great at um and when you go and do extra work it's so easy to be like oh I'm just gonna you know shoot on goal but the things that are actually difficult to do and you don't want to like recognize to yourself like all right I'm really not good at this it's hard sometimes
2: well it's even even here at this level I feel like there are certain practices where you'll split in and split off and do functional training. So like defenders will go with defenders and then midfielder forwards always go and shoot and have so much fun (laughs) and (laughs) defenders. We always have to like clear long balls or (laughs) (laughs) crosses, which is the worst training session ever. But literally that's the, the, some of the things that makes me the most uncomfortable, but you cannot replicate it unless you're in a game. And mm-hmm. so if you're going out and doing extra, you're never going to be like, hey, can you hit these crosses in so I can head them out? Because that's going to be so fun for 45 minutes.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: But you do it and you do like six reps and you feel so much more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And we did that last week. We played on Saturday and I had like two situations where I was like, oh man, it's a good thing we practiced this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but know. it's just like, you, do, you don't want to do the things you're not good at in extra sessions, but you kind of have to.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely.
0: Did you know even going into college that you wanted to play professionally or was that something that you realized as you were playing um I think
2: I figured that out pretty quickly I think after my freshman year I just thought about it and I think my mentality was well I'm gonna put all this work in for these next four years like why would I not at least try Mm -hmm. and then as I kept going I was like huh maybe I could like actually do this. (laughs) So I think just each year I gained a little bit more confidence um, and that drive to reach that next step. I think me as a player and as a person, I'm very, I want to see it and then I want to like reach that goal. And then once I do that, then I want the next one.
1: Mm -hmm. That's awesome. (laughs) What was your major? Like if you didn't play soccer, what were you hoping to do?
2: So oh, it's funny I went into school again talking about how like we think we know what we want. Yeah. I went into uh, I went to Wake as like oh, I'm going to be an international business major, I'm going to be a Spanish minor, things are going to be great. <laughs> and I took prereqs for business courses for 2 years and was on track for the business school. And then I took an accounting class and I said this is the worst thing ever. I literally <laughs> hate this so much. And so that is the one thing in my life that I've actually given up on. I just dropped the class. I was like, I'm <laughs> done. Tap, like tap out. I'm done. That's it. So then, um, I've actually like always been into writing, reading, things like that. So I became an English major after that. Um, and I think if I wasn't playing soccer, I'd be doing like creative marketing or something. That's awesome.
1: That. You could yeah. do that for us. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> but really I'm very cool. much like a left left brain left side brain thinker so
1: mm-hmm. very cool so let's talk about gabrielle union's post value <laughs> i mean we've been reading about you for a while but th- that was so cool did you like how did you did you see it first or did yeah. someone tell you
2: so i was actually getting treatment like before a game and I was working with our trainer and we had a team walk like very close to them, like before our game, just, you know, get the legs moving.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And my Jasmine, Jasmine Spencer was yep. waiting, she was waiting for me and she goes, she goes, okay, Mads, like, come on. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. Like, give me a sec. And so I like catch up and she goes, look at your phone. And I go, why? Like, <laughs> it was a very, just like, look at your phone. <laughs> And I go, why? And I go, come on, we're going to be late for the team walk. And so I'm like, kind of like putting a pep in the step. And she goes, no, look at your phone. I want you to, I want to see your reaction. And I go, (laughs) reaction to what? Like, what did I miss? (laughs) And I don't really have all of my notifications set up because I try not to look at all of my notifications. Mm -hmm. And she goes, okay, just go on Twitter. And so I go on Twitter and I see it and I go, what are you talking? I'm just like, jaw (laughs) on ground. (laughs) I was like,
0: What?
2: I was like, you're kidding. This is a joke. This is actually a joke, right? And she, and she goes, you're ridiculous. But yes, that did happen. And then we go on our team walk and everyone's like, hey, superstar. And I'm like, oh no, don't. I can't. <laughs> but it was really freaking cool, first That's of all. so
1: cool. I mean, but, it's, you made history. It's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> does it feel like, like kind of like a dream sometimes? it just feels like it's me and
2: it feels like I'm not the one that should have been the history maker and there was literally graphic trending that was like a picture of me and it said history maker and I was like oh she's a history maker (laughs) but it was just I'm like it's me and I feel like I'm very I'm just a person that I'm not very good at like oh someone gives you a compliment and you just like say thank you and roll with it you're like oh like not that big of a deal and
1: it's a big deal it is
2: a big deal (laughs) and I think just in processing all of it it's very people have asked if it's put pressure and I think it's it's not pressure it's just you want to represent the communities you come from well and so for me it's a responsibility but I'm not scared of the responsibility I'm just more excited to see more people I'm just more excited to be involved in like actual representation mm-hmm. and for people to see me and as just a biracial woman playing soccer just to destigmatize stereotypes that people have, but also just, you know, be me and be excited about it.
0: <laughs> awesome. Hopefully open continue to open the doors for more and more people like you as well, because we absolutely need to increase representation of that especially in sports I feel like it's so important like when you were growing up did you feel like there was a lack of representation of multicultural women in sports for you to kind of like look up to
2: definitely to look up to but it's interesting because I feel like the players that I looked up to were unfortunately not even women Mm. and you know just even coverage of the women's national team throughout like the, even the 2000s, they weren't making headlines. And so you weren't seeing those players as inspirations all of the time. And that's really unfortunate. And I'm like so grateful that now young girls can look up and see like the women's national team players all the time. And like, that's the goal and that's the dream. But it's also really cool that now, you know, that you have the NWSL, you have the Women's Super League, you have all of these other leagues that are, investing more into women's soccer so your your inspiration can look way different than just the national team and I think that's
0: like super cool before going into that game did you know that you or that there had not been a Native American woman to, to play in a individual game before? You like I were had, you aware of that statistic even?
2: No, I did know because I had done my interview with um, men and blazers at that mm-hmm. time and at that point it was just the first native american in the league like i hadn't even played yet but it was more like when someone first told me i said
0: we're gonna have to fact check that because i don't i think we're i think we're incorrect <laughs> even like a, how could that be because yeah I literally i remember when i saw that i was literally like i'm like how yeah. how is this the first like yeah why, why is this the first like why did that not happen so much long ago but Yes, yeah. that's, that's so interesting.
2: It's one of those things where I feel like 2020 has just been such a year where people talk about representation and diversity and inclusion and use all those buzzwords, but then you're, people are like, oh, it's not that bad. It's like, well, we have our first Native American playing professional women's yeah. soccer in the United States, so I don't know what you're talking about.
0: It's the most popular sport in the, <laughs> in the country. Like, it's pretty right? nuts.:
1: I liked, during your interview with them, you said you were really excited to be the first, but you're more excited to not be the last I feel like that speaks so much volume. Like, what are you hoping to like use your platforms for to to inspire the the next generation of of players?
2: I think for me right now, it's just focusing on. It's you. I feel like I have to use my platform just to focus on myself right now and mm-hmm. creating a foundation of just good, just being my authentic self. And you know. Really, just putting myself out there and using my voice for whatever I believe in, all the things I want to advocate for, and allowing people to either join me and be a fan of that, or if you're not, then that's fine. Mm -hmm. But it's more so for me just setting like the groundwork and making sure that people know, like, this is me. I'm not going to be what you want me to be. I'm just going to be me. And then in the future, whatever that looks like, like after I've maybe been able to establish my career on the field a little bit more
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know outreach and making sure that kids that look like me that have you know stories that are similar to mine that they can reach this level too and so I think it's hard because I f- if I was just speaking off a whim I'd be like oh I want to do this and I want to do this and I want to work with these people but mm-hmm. I mean the, re- the reality is is like I need to focus on being a good soccer player being myself and just like advocating for more representation everywhere in sports.
0: And honestly, that's probably the most powerful thing that you can do is just represent yourself authentically because that's how you're going to pave the way, you know, yeah. it's by, by people learning more about you and, and your journey and, and feeling connected to you too. So that's awesome.
2: Yeah. So that's the plan.
1: <laughs> and someday, because you're so good at writing, you can write an <laughs> amazing book <laughs> Yep. And we w- will be the first to read it.
2: <laughs> Amazing. That would be great.
1: Awesome. That would be the
2: long-term goal,
0: too.
1: Yeah. Oh, I, I bet you're going to write a great book.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what are your plans for the future? Like, it doesn't even have to be far in the future, but even, like, what, will you continue training throughout the winter?
2: Yeah, so I'm going to be in LA for a little bit. Um, going to leave Tacoma for a little bit, and then I'll head back to the East Coast and um, be home for a while until we have to come back. Uh, but training, that's pretty much
1: all I'll be doing. <laughs> <laughs> will, you, will you train with um, your old club? Will you train with um, players you play um, with in college?
2: So in LA, I'll probably just train with um, Dave Copeland.
1: We, we know Dave. <laughs> yeah. I, I used to train with Dave in college.
2: Um, amazing yeah sneaking
0: onto fields everywhere (laughs) yeah Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. really love him and then when I'm home I'll probably yeah train with my old club team um but also Matt Arrington um is he runs his own clinic there and it's just like I just feel like I never really had just like three uninterrupted months to just focus on myself Mm -hmm. and so I'm like okay I need to use this time to really focus on myself and just Mm -hmm. you know get in the gym It'll be so fun and <laughs> be on the ball as much as I can. And just yeah. kind of, I do, I think I'm just gonna approach this off season is just have fun with the off season. Feel like normally I'm like we need to train, over train, keep mm-hmm. training, and then you're burnt out, and then it's not fun anymore. <laughs> you're
0: probably True. so used to just multitasking perpetually. Like it was always a balance of school and soccer, or club and school, and and all this crazy stuff. So it's, it's kind of cool for you to have a period of time when you can have a most important thing and it's not like this constant balancing.
2: (laughs) Yes, literally. I'm like, oh, it's so nice that now this is my job. So now I can put all my time into it.
1: Yeah, that's so true. What else do you like to do besides soccer? Do you have any other hobbies?
2: I like to write. I write for my blog. Um, Oh, what is it? What's it called? It's called Our Daily Bread. Um, I started it in quarantine and it started as like, and my friend and I from college, we started it, and it was supposed to be, you know, really lighthearted, really fun, and then 2020 hit, and there was really nothing that fun to write about. Um, and then, what else did I do? I like to paint. Um, I like to cook. Um, and honestly, anything really, I'm not outdoorsy, but I like to do things
0: outside. That makes sense. That is a, that is a trait. <laughs>
2: Yeah, like I don't have any gear that's appropriate to go outside, but
0: I still. <laughs> we're do gonna we're gonna send you some gear.
2: <laughs> Amazing.
1: <laughs> Wait, so RJ Lee bread? Okay, I wanna I wanna I wanna Here, read your I'll blog. It in
2: the no, it's funny because I actually need to buy the the domain domain now because people actually want to read it, and I'm
1: like yeah
2: having the hammond.madison wix site at blah blah is not sufficing anymore
1: you should have seen our first website it was scary like we still say we don't understand how people bought t-shirts from it because it was like it looks like it wants to steal your credit card information
2: <laughs> oh wait no that didn't send it right
0: oh that's good though because we'll link to that so people can uh yeah oh, you, That'd be great. you gotta get on that domain yes. Yeah.
2: maybe i should do that this week with my all my free time there you go Uh, here we go
0: right i have another question too how do you or what is your opinion on recovery and how do you best recover how important do you find it uh
2: recovery is definitely something you don't learn until college because i think that's the first time your body starts decaying yes Uh, (laughs) And it's so funny because you get, I feel like you get through college, you're a senior, you feel like, oh my gosh, my body hurts so bad. And now I'm in the NWSL and there are 35 year old women (laughs) that are like, you don't know anything about a broken body. (laughs) And I'm like, all right, all right, you're right. But um, yeah, no, I think that even in college, you know, recovery was important. But I have not learned how to properly recover until this year. Like, recovery doesn't mean just, oh, roll out after training. Like, recovery means get your body – do whatever you need to do to get your body where it needs to be um, for you to perform. And in college, I feel like there's a lot of times where you might not be feeling great, but you still have to play because Mm -hmm. you just – rub some dirt in it and keep going and (laughs) (laughs) then you get to the pros and people take off three four days just so that they can be ready for the game Mm -hmm. and it's like I think that's just so great because we want to play forever and in order to do that you need your body um but some of my like new favorite recoveries I always love a good Norma Tech recovery boot session I don't like ice bathing but I do it anyway
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Does um, anyone
0: like it? Yes. Oh,
1: I'm, I'll I'm, do
0: it. I don't I've like it. I've been researching how to buy one so I can have one in my home. So I can like, it. I'm not even remotely.
2: <laughs> and then I have a unpopular opinion. I really like cupping. Really? Um, yeah. And people usually don't like cupping. I'm not, um, yeah. not that either. Yeah. But it's, I, it, it works well for me. So i
1: just use that one. How You're often the- do you do that?
2: Um, I feel like it depends on the week. So if I'm mm-hmm. just like really tight and just feel super, you know, like all my muscles are so inflamed, I'll probably mm-hmm. like throw some cups on there. on um, usually like quads, hamstrings, just like get extra blood going. Um, I mean, I ice bath pretty much every day, every session.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and what then you- even, even though even a big thing I've learned this year is like recovery just with protein shakes after training Mm -hmm. like some of the older girls are like you need to drink this right after training Mm -hmm. and because I have I'm a player that I lose muscle very quickly so when we're in season if I'm not taking like extra protein and things like that I shed so quickly and it's not like that's not good for me either and so I've started bringing my little shake- shaker bottle, and have my little scoops ready, and then you pour your water in, and you just chug it, and pretend it tastes good, um, <laughs> but that's, like, one thing that you just don't really think about, because you're, like, oh, my body, my body, but it's, like, no, you need to eat, too, mm-hmm. so. I gonna- oh,
0: so important, because I, I feel like I, even I listen to your story, and all I think about is you go, 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 mm-hmm. go, go, like, I never even reflect upon the fact of the importance you have to put back on your body, so I, whenever we talk to people, you get so inspired by all the work, work, work that I do that. I think we forget that you, if you don't balance it out with that recovery, you will have no journey as long as yours is, you know? So so important. What's your nutrition like besides the protein shakes?
1: Are you pretty Uh, conscious about it?
2: So I feel like if if there was a scale from like really conscious to like, you don't care what you eat. I'm of the mindset of I eat well, but I'm not afraid to treat yourself? myself. But, yeah, treat. <laughs> myself. <laughs> but I am pretty conscious of dairy these days. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just like learned that it causes a lot more inflammation, and so you know I've kind of transitioned to only drinking oat milk in like cereals and shakes and stuff like that. Um, I don't buy cheese for myself; otherwise, it goes on everything. Um, <laughs> And some, a lot of, I feel like my teammates, you know, try like to be vegan and stuff like that. But again, I just need all of that protein. And so mm-hmm. I can't not, yeah. I can't be vegan. It I'm also- for you. Yeah. yeah.
1: Everybody's, everybody's body is different, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. What's your, um, what's your, like guilty pleasure Netflix? Like what's your favorite thing on Netflix?
2: Ooh, um,
1: like, I just watched the whole um, Emily in Paris. I just watched the what, whole then? thing.
2: I just started watching it. We watched six episodes last night. <laughs> I watched too good. the
0: whole thing. It was I'm so like, cute. am
1: I too old for this? But I, I love it and I want to be her.
0: <laughs> it is like Sex in the City, but a Paris version, literally. Yeah. That is it so liter- but
2: I'm watching it and I'm just laughing the whole time. <laughs> I'm like, you've got to be kidding
1: me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, and, and I looked him up. He's single, by the way. the the chef (laughs) I was like let me just IMBD this and see where he is
2: (laughs) um yeah I I have been watching Emily in Paris um I've been watching The Haunting of Bly Manor
1: oh Um, I can't do that
2: (laughs) and then also this fall series I've been watching The Peaky Blinders
1: oh love Peaky Blinders yeah I'm on so good
2: almost done with season four so
1: okay nice you made a dent in it yeah (laughs) there you go Awesome. You're going to have more
0: time to watch that now, too. Oh, yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> Literally, I have all the shows that, I, that people are like, oh, you should watch this and watch this. Now I will watch them. <laughs> yeah,
0: there you go. That's awesome. What is your go-to pre-game meal?
2: Oh, someone asked me this the other day. I'm really not, like, I'm not tied down to a meal. Oh, that's um, <laughs> Yeah, as long as it's, I feel like if it's a game day, I'll eat, like, a really big breakfast and then, like, a light lunch and whether that's like like for example this past game day I had like rice chicken and some kind of vegetable but I only even had half of that for lunch mm-hmm. just because I'm like I'd rather have I'd rather be hungry for a game mm-hmm. than too fall. fall yeah, yeah. Too
1: fall. <laughs> that's a terrible feeling do you have any superstitions
2: um yes I take game day showers before Always. Always take a shower before the game. Really? Yes. In college, we I would go to class and people would laugh at me because then I would
1: get in the shower and then we would go play a game. That's so funny. I, I haven't heard that one actually. I haven't
2: heard that one either. Yeah, game day shower. Like, um, is
1: your hair still wet when you get on the field?
2: No, I usually don't wash my hair. It's okay. just wet.
1: Like, oh, okay.
2: It's like a shower.
1: Nice. <laughs> so- As you can see, we don't wash our hair that much either. <laughs> This is like a three-day grease right here. <laughs> I think it might be two as well. <laughs> um, what about music? What's your favorite music?
2: Oh, favorite music. Uh, this is, I feel like this is a basic answer, but pretty much anything but country. Um, <laughs> I, like if it's like a chill day, it's probably more alternative R&B type of stuff. If it's a game day I'm probably listening to pop that on remit on like repeat
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, or level up or anything just like get me really hyped
1: we're really into Lizzo we've been listening to Lizzo yes. forever yes we love yes. her <laughs> Lizzo is good
2: it's funny because my mom I my mom doesn't like have Spotify or anything like that like whenever I come home I'm like oh listen to this new song listen to this new song and she loves tempo by Lizzo. That's awesome.
1: So we to that. <laughs> that's so great. What about, what's your favorite cleat?
2: Ooh, I, Nike tempos have been my babies forever, and nice. <laughs> someone on the, on the team was like, yep, that's a defender cleat for sure, yeah. <laughs> and they're just so comfortable. I just,
0: just I need, like, just it molded to my foot. That's all I you need. such a thing, though, like, positions have, te- have a tendency to wear a certain type mm-hmm. of clothing. Definitely. What is your biggest soccer girl problem? Oh. Or just it can fact be fact. funny
1: or serious, or you can do both.
0: Um...
2: Um... <laughs> I feel like I have many.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Take your time.
2: <laughs> oh, one of my soccer girl problems is definitely when my shin guards slide down my leg. That's definitely a soccer problem. I don't have the biggest calves at all. You can
1: have some of mine.
2: (laughs) I'll take anything. But I, so I don't like wearing the sleeves. Mm -hmm. So I just put them in and they
1: always slide down. And then I pull
2: them back up and they always slide back
1: down. You should count in a game how many times you pull them up. It's probably (laughs) crazy, right?
2: (laughs) Yes.
0: You have Um, the ones that are waffly on the inside?
2: No, I have the like really cheap like baby ones
1: that are from oh, Dicks. <laughs> I
0: thinking, as a defender, you can wear the ones that like protect zero percent of your shin.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Cool. I would have
0: the ankle pads on and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez.
1: My mine were so bad, like we used to have to cut my socks in college. Do you remember that, Alana? Yeah. The like they were so tight on me.
0: Tight. <laughs> What? So I don't I know. Our <laughs> trainer like during the game team. would have to
1: cut little slits in my socks. We have opposite Wait, that- soccer props. <laughs> 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 it's lethal.
0: <laughs> you know, we could end it on an inspirational note if you want. What okay. is one piece of advice oh. that you even want to give to yourself right now or a past version of, yourself a version of yourself? I think the best advice that I could give myself
2: right now and also – past me is like if you're not enjoying it you're not doing it right and even though it's super hard and there's so much that goes into the game whether it's mental or physical like if you're not going to training and you're not excited and you're not smiling to be at training you're doing it wrong go back to bed start over <laughs> um, but I think like I was even looking at pictures from this past year season there's so many where i'm just like laughing and smiling like i I was was literally gonna
1: ask you about this i was gonna say you're one of the players in all your pictures you're smiling playing (laughs) it's it's amazing yeah i'm just like i feel like i've been doing it right if i've been smiling (laughs) (laughs) yep seriously i love that advice
0: that's great advice
1: well thank you so much for speaking with madison like this was great and we're so excited to continue to watch you we're such big fans of you and um, we're going to link your blog and everything so that all the Lady Ballers can um, follow that.
2: Amazing. And
1: thanks so much.
2: Thank you guys so much.
1: We really appreciate it. All Thank right.
0: You guys. No, that's really hard. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: Have a good one, guys. You too. Bye. Thanks. Thank you.